Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the One Before I Die podcast, episode 133. It is April 26th, just a few days away from the NFL draft. And that's what we'll be talking about for part of this episode. So obviously, NFL draft coming up this Thursday. Bills with the 25th pick. You know, who knows what they're going to do? Trade up, trade back, stay at 25. A lot of chatter on Twitter, obviously, leading up to this draft about what they want to do. Um, who knows what Brandon Bean has in store? He's always up, up to something uh, always up to something special. Maybe uh, a big trade comes draft night. Who knows? As we all know, as NFL and football fans, uh, there's a couple of guys out there still. Debo Samuel. Um, I think there was another – oh, DK Metcalf maybe be getting traded. So some of those guys may be on the radar for Thursday night. Maybe not necessarily with the Bills. But uh, who knows if draft night has, uh, has something in store uh, that makes a big splash because, I mean, this NFL offseason so far has been pretty crazy. So, you know, no doubt in my mind that maybe something else will happen on, uh, on Thursday night as well. But we'll talk about the NFL draft a little bit. If, you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, uh, you, you know that Ethan and I are not necessarily draft experts. I know there's a lot of people out there that like to do the deep dives into prospects and take a lot of time watching film, uh, you know, looking at stats, that kind of thing. That's not really our forte. We just kind of like to go with the flow. And, um, you know, I actually do really enjoy draft night. I like the theatrics of it. But in terms of, you know, knowing prospects out there, I'm just going to, you know, be straight up with you guys. I'm not the biggest draft expert, but we're still going to talk about it and, and kind of give our takes on what we think will go down um, on Thursday. And then also, this is probably one of the last episodes that, well, I mean, we'll be, we'll be talking about the Sabres in the offseason, I'm sure, because it's going to be a huge offseason for the Swords. But the season's coming down to an end here. I think we only have two games left, Thursday night and then Friday night. Uh, we have Boston and Chicago to finish out the schedule. Uh, kind of a big break here in between games towards the end of the schedule. Not, you know, not, a, not a bunch of games overlapping here until Thursday, Friday, back-to-back to finish it out. Um, I believe Boston's on the road, and then we come back and play Chicago at home, and that'll be Rick Jenneret's last game calling uh, a Sabres game. So that'll be pretty emotional as well. But the team has been buzzing. I believe they've won four in a row as we're talking right now. And they've looked great. The camaraderie's up there. And, you know, I'm sitting here, and Ethan, I'll toss it over to you in a second to kind of give your thoughts, and we can kind of dive into the episode. But I'm sitting here and never thought I would say here on, uh, you know, in April at the end of the NHL season that, I'm going to miss watching this team and Sabres hockey. If you would have you know, said to me that you're going to miss this team and you're going to wish the season wasn't over at the beginning of the year, I probably would have thought you were crazy. But that's what we've come to. This team has really kind of changed everybody's minds and their outlook on the team moving forward, which is awesome. Um, I can't wait for next season. I really think we're going to compete. But we'll talk about all that. So, I mean, Ethan, let's get him introduced here. I don't know if he has anything else to bring up before we dive right in. But, Ethan, how are you doing? Good. I was going to piggyback onto that, too. I mean, I'm really going to miss the Sabres. Um, four in a row, absolutely buzzing. And I was looking at the teams that are not making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference this year. I think the Sabres are the best team that isn't making the playoffs. I don't. And there's a big gap. And there's a big gap between the eight playoffs this year and the, the non-playoff teams. Hopefully, maybe that shortens up next year. There's a big gap. But, yeah, I'd, I'd – uh, I think I would agree with that. Yeah, that's the one concerning part I have because you're right. Like, there's, what, a 20-something point gap between, I think, missing the playoffs and making the playoffs this year in the East. So, 
even though if the Sabres are the, the ninth team in the East right now, it's, there is quite a bit of work to do if they're going to try to make the playoffs next year, assuming those top eight teams stay the way they are. Definitely. Um, and that's also kind of sparked my mind. That's also something I forgot to bring up. We will talk a little bit about, I, I think we should talk maybe a little bit about the NHL, NHL playoff pictures in general and moving into the playoffs because I mean, I've just, I don't know about you, but I've been watching a ton of hockey this past few weeks, mainly because I've been watching every Vegas game, every Dallas Stars game, every Nashville game, every, uh, who's the, other, the Kings game. Like, if you don't know by now, I hate the Vegas Golden Knights. I hate Jack Eichel, and I want them to miss playoffs at all costs. So I've been really dialed in. And let me tell you, hockey is, is the best sport come playoff time. I, I, I know there's a lot of people out there, I don't know about you, what your thoughts are, and they like the NFL playoffs. Of course I do. March Madness is great. But to me, NHL playoffs, NHL end of the season, the playoff race is incredible. Um, and we'll be talking about a little bit about Vegas and that playoff run. And just I think I think it'd be fun maybe to just talk about the NHL playoffs in general because I think this is going to be an unbelievable playoffs, and I can't wait to watch it. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. We'll, we'll start with the NFL draft, I believe, because I think that's probably the top of everybody's mind as we're going into that um, coming up on Thursday, as I said. Uh, and as I said earlier, the Buffalo Bills have the 25th pick second year in a row, right? Where we're towards the end of the first round, it's kind of becoming a regular thing where we're used to having a top 10 pick and maybe we're a little bit more tuned in with the prospects because we know those top guys. But at this point, we're, we're getting to that, those stages of our Bills careers here where it's kind of like, whatever, I don't really care about the draft because we have such a late pick. And, and it's like, it's one of those things where, like I said, I, I don't know the guys that pass one, two or three. And it's a good problem to have because that means your team's winning. And that means, you know, you're making deep playoff runs and all that. Um, but without further ado, I'll throw it over to you to, I guess, get your thoughts on the, on the draft, what you think is going to happen, I guess, what the Bills are going to do. Do you think Bean's going to make any moves, move up, move down? What are you thinking going into this draft day, draft night? Well, I just, I just think this draft is going to be pretty I – just, I just think it's like there's not a lot of hype going into this draft. What? It just seems like there's not a lot of good players. But I usually, feel like it's the. But I feel like it's the. Like I just said to kind of preface the episode, I feel like maybe the plethora of players isn't up to par. Like the the quarterbacks, right? It's not a strong quarterback draft, which usually pushes the needle in terms of drafts. Yeah. But I feel like in terms of just the way the NFL offseason has been, and then like I said with like Debo wanting a trade, DK. Metcalf yeah. Well, that's lost, that's like, what I, I was going to say. That's the big part, right? Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Patrick's of it. Usually in the draft, there's like, like a top echelon of talent and there's guys that are pictured out like that guy's going to be a stud. That guy's, It doesn't seem like – like I, there's not even a consensus over no, like number one pick right now. You know, That's I'm true. just talking about it for, from a talent perspective. The guys entering this draft, no one really like jumps off the page to me. And this is coming from a guy that doesn't watch <laughs> a lot of college football. But I just, I just see like I'm reading a bunch of mock drafts here. It just seems like it's all over the place. You know, you talk to one guy and he loves one guy. You talk to another or you read another article and they love another guy. But you're right. Like the thing that I think is drawing people in is, is the trades. I think there could be a ton of trades here. Like you're talking about Debo, um, who's a guy from the Titans, AJ Brown. Oh, that's Matt, right. I forgot about him. Metcalf. Like all these guys are kind of holding out and unsure. So I think, I think the trades is what's going to be appealing to this. And especially with the um, – you're talking about the, the lower quality of the quarterbacks, and there are a bunch of teams that need to draft quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see what teams kind of reach and go after these guys maybe that 
they could get better talent at other spots in their draft position, but they really want to get a quarterback and take a risk there. I think that's the most intriguing part of this draft versus like a ton of good players to choose from, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I guess I'd agree. Um, I still think that almost makes it more exciting though. Like I think because half the time when you're watching these drafts and, and yeah, maybe there, and there's maybe there's these more bigger prospects that we know the big names and they get drafted. It's like, okay, cool. That's over. We haven't seen them play. Like we know Debo and, and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. These are bona fide NFL players. I think that almost makes it more exciting that something could go down with guys that we already know that if, if, if Debo goes to a team that, that makes that offense on that team immediately, a, maybe like a top 15 offense just based on him alone. And, and so I think that's yeah. the crazy part about it. So yeah, I guess I agree. The, the, the prospects maybe aren't as up to par, but yeah, I think that's what I'm excited for. But in terms of the bills, um, I mean, I guess for, from my perspective, I'm just looking at position positions needed here. Cause like we said, we, you know, I don't, you know, I've seen a few names out there. This Brees Hall guy, I believe is a running back from Iowa state. If that's correct, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Um, I've, I've heard a lot about him, maybe going to the bills if they stay at 25, which, you know, running back, I guess has been something we've talked about. I feel like a lot on this podcast, especially over the season. Um, I guess that'd be interesting wide receiver. I know that guy from Alabama, Jamison, whatever Williams, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that was maybe first a guy that a lot of people were honing in at 25, but he's gotten a, like a ton of hype, especially from uh, the guys on ESPN and the draft analysts that maybe he's going to be up the board. So I look at it more as like a, a positional like outlook from a Bills fans perspective. And if we do say at 25, I honestly wouldn't hate a running back. Like I know that I've preached a lot of the time that this, this, this offense is good enough to win the Super Bowl, And I don't think it's necessarily the main position we need, but I can't help myself. Like if they draft a running back, like I wouldn't know in my, this is like a heart to brain thing. Maybe I think in my brain, I'd be like, we don't really need a running back, but in my heart, I like would like it because I just like to have just a sick offense. And like, I've been talking about having a sick running back for a while now. So maybe I wouldn't necessarily like, I would know that maybe it's not the best positional to go after, but like, I feel like I, if they drafted a running back 25, they announced Brees Hall or the guy from Michigan state who I really like. I feel like I would just like like it just based on like from a heart like it's the heart wants what the heart wants type thing. I'm see you shaking your head over there. You don't want a running back. It seems like not at 25. I think if you're gonna take this Bryce Hall guy, you trade back. But that's I the thing. So he, here's the thing that that's with running backs, right? Is that everybody talks about is they don't like wasting the top uh, a first round pick on a running back because they're a dime a dozen. You can get them later rounds, which is which is true. But are we satisfied? And I know everybody's in love with Singletary over the past few games of the year and, and Zach Moss, we did the same, right. We tried this formula already almost where we like wait it out and get these running backs late round. But then it seems like during the season, a point of contention is still the running back position. And it's like, well, maybe it doesn't work out if you could draft him late and you can get like a high talent guy in the first round. Like, is this whole uh, guy going to fall to the second round? Like, I, I don't know. I just think with, with where you're picking, if you're staying at 25, I just think it's a no-brainer to draft a cornerback at this point. There's, it seems like the deepest position in the draft, and it seems – So you're saying no matter what, though, because that's, that's a difference. No. Well, that's the other thing. Like, it's hard to say when you're, you're talking about 25. Like, how do you predict what happens 24 picks ahead of you? If there's massive trades that go down, if everybody in the teens drafts a corner and some absolute stud ride receiver drops a 25, then, yeah, there's all these exceptions, right? But I'm just saying if it's, if it's pretty much chalk – and, and you're going by these mock drafts, there seems to be – there's going to be one or two cornerbacks that are going to be available at that 25 spot. 
And if unless there's pending any crazy trades, I would take a corner. Now, if that's that's me staying at 25, uh, assuming everything else goes like according to the Mel Kuyper mock draft, whatever. But if there are some crazy trades, if there's opportunity to trade 25 to let's say get a DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or Debo Samuel, I'll do that in a heartbeat for any of those guys. I just, I just, I can't sit at 25 and take a running back and and think that's going to be the best move for this team. The team, the team goes as Josh Allen goes. I'm not going to spend a first round pick on a running back when we have that best running back in the league in Josh Allen, and we have this insane passing attack. When we can go maybe the round two or three and draft another running back and see how that pans out. If you're going to take, if you if your eyes are set on on Bryce Hall, trade back. Bryce Hall, Brees. Brees Hall, whatever that whatever his name is, <laughs> then that's fine. Then trade back and get more capital so you can go get another player or two in the second round. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. smart about it. I just, no, don't, I, I, don't, I just don't like staying at 25 and sitting drafting a running back. Like how many, like Najee Harris, did he, nasty. Like he I guess he, he nasty. was nasty. I mean, he was good. I don't He's already he a was, top seven running back in the league. But that's the point. Like, I don't think running back is that, like, it, it doesn't really matter that much anymore. Okay, well, here, here's the thing. Uh, that's what I was going to say, and I, and I was saying, you know, with my heart, I'd be happy with the running back. With my brain, I do agree with you. I think cornerback's a, a position of need, obviously. The thing, the thing is that, like, let me pose you this question, though, is uh, this team, and I think you would agree, like, we're, we're built, like, we're trying to win the Super Bowl now, right? We're trying to win the Super Bowl now, next year. Like, our window's here. We, we just signed Von Miller, 33-year-old defensive end, um, which, oh, by the way, we should probably talk about his whole thing going on because I feel like that's something that should be brought up. But that we'll talk about that later. But we're, like, clearly going for the Super Bowl now. And, and it, when I, whenever we draft – I feel like NFL and, and cornerback drafting the league, are they immediate impacts? Like, are they immediate impacts? Like, where, like, this corner? guy we draft at 25, is he going to be a star? And he's, is he going to be a look, good look at corner Trey White. right away? Look at Trey White. He was drafted in the 20s. Was he rookie year though? Like nasty? I don't look, know. Look his stats up. He was immediate starter day one. Okay, I'm just. I guess I'm just posing the question as like sometimes you know positional where it's like a cornerback takes a longer time to develop. Like usually running backs a big position where you can get them and they transfer over like right away if you're getting them in the first round. Now again, I'm not saying go running. I'm just like putting the facts out here where you know, if we're trying to win right now, like, is this guy really going to contribute to the team next year? Are we going to waste a first round pick on a guy that maybe is going to take a few years to develop when, you know, we don't have Von Miller anymore. And we don't, we don't have this team that we kind of assembled in the off season. Um, so I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here in a sense, but I mean, is that something you think about? Right. Yeah. It's, I guess it's a fair point. It depends on, I guess the running back. That's just, that's not, I don't think that's positional based. I think that's based on the player you draft. Like, I guess some guys are more of a project and some guys are more ready to step in, from day one, like I think, I think if you're drafting a corner and you're drafting kind of this project high ceiling guy, that's probably not the right play for the Bills. I'd rather draft a more of like a senior guy that you kind of know what you're getting, but he's you know performed well. I think that's kind of like what they did with Trey White. You know, like he was ready to step in. He's a bit undersized, but I mean he performed in college and he turned out to be one of you know one of the best players on the team. I think I think it's the perfect spot in these tw- like these twenties to go get a corner and it's a draft where it seems like there's five or six corners that are first round talent. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you I guess you know more about the draft pool than I do. I, I didn't know that was a really, but that's my other corner. thing. Like when you talk about me knowing the draft pool, it, it'll be draft day. And then you think, you know, everybody that's your thing. <laughs> 
like you wake up on draft day and you like you'll shoot me a text you'll be like all right I'm gonna be pissed if the bills don't draft like this guy this guy or this guy <laughs> and like that's you going 364 days without saying you're a draft guy and then you wake up on draft day and you get super emotional you get attached to these guys yep. and you think you know this is true I'm not gonna <laughs> deny that and and on Thursday I'll wake up a different human being and I'll and and, and I'll have my takes ready to fly. So <laughs> yeah, that might be true. But I, I might usually thir- Thursday morning I'll wake up and I'll I'll just Google something and and then like yeah, like you said, I get attached to some guys and I think I know. And then especially when the draft starts, like with the, you know it's on the clock first pick, that's when the guys start talking on the show and I and then I start formulating my opinions based on what they're saying. And I do think I know I don't, but I'm gonna. But that's just my persona change. Um, but all right, so you're looking at cornerback. Do you would you would you what would you be your initial reaction to be if we trade up? Like that always gets the juices flowing, regardless, right? Like a trade up, you never know what's gonna happen. I guess yeah, it's just it's it's so hard for me to say because I don't know what the trade is. But no, I just but don't just know. in general. I feel like right if you're if you're on draft night and you're sitting there and it's all of a sudden it's like wow the Bills just traded up from 25 to 12. Like no matter yeah. what it is for, no matter who we threw away, no matter what we're targeting that gets the juices flowing so that's why that i think that's part of the reason why I like you know you said i turned to this different guy and drafted i think that's part of the reason because i'm sitting there i'm like holy crap like what just happened like all the theatrics of it like that's why i'm super excited for the trades and everything but trading up i don't know how on the table it is i don't know if there's someone we're like you know going for if it is maybe a cornerback they're flying off the board and we have to trade up but that gets the juices flowing no matter what so i don't know that, that that's always exciting for a draft day thing Little, yeah, little, I, sure. It's exciting. It's a little bit, a little bit nerve wracking. I think, again, based on this draft. But yeah, a trade up would be awesome. Maybe, I, I think it'd be the the biggest move that I'd be excited about if the Bills did on draft day is a straight up trade for a player. Right. I think I agree. The, now, now we go into another uh, realm where we maybe claim to not know much about cap space. Right. If we go for a Debo. Mm-hmm. is cap space involved in that i don't know cap space doesn't oh, yeah, exist in sure, my obviously my <laughs> but i'm saying it doesn't exist in my mind i feel like you can work something out right i mean is that even on the table here for the bills yeah. to go after one of these guys i don't know i thought they were out of cap space after signing von miller and then they signed a bunch of other guys so we'll see what happens the thing that i right. want to talk about is kind of like a side note is i think debo is going to the, the green bay packers I could see it. They need someone, right? Yeah, which would be scary. That would be a scary, scary trade. Well, I'd rather them go there to the NFC than freaking make another one of these AFC teams unreal. Yeah, that's true. I could also see him. You know what? I I could also see him going to the Jets because I know there's been some talk about that. But I feel like whenever this happens, it's almost similar to like Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins, and 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 the whole thing of this with these wide receivers, him, DK, AJ Brown, they've realized they want to get paid, right? Is because Christian Kirk set the market when he got absolutely paid to Jacksonville. Tyreek Hill gets his money. Stephon Diggs gets it. Like, the market's gone significantly up for these wide receivers. I think it's probably also with these guys something to do in, you know, Debo in San Francisco he doesn't like. But I think the main, you know, push for them is, is they want to get their money because they're seeing all these other wide receivers get their money. I could see Debo going to the Jets for some reason. It feels like always like these lower teams just try to make a splash. It's almost like the Bills back in the day when they're just trying to sell tickets and they go after T.O. type thing, right? Yeah. Like. So, I mean, I've heard talks about that. I feel like the Jets are always in the mix for, like, these big guys, like when they got Le'Veon Bell. Um, mm-hmm. But, I don't know, maybe he goes there. But I'd rather him – hey, if he does go to the Packers, you're right, they do need him. And, and I mean, keep him out of the, the AFC because it's it's already overblown. Um, but anything else on draft, on draft night before we move ahead here? 
I just I have a I'm going to a concert on Thursday. It was like my birthday present, so I'm gonna be like looking on my phone constantly. Oh, so you're not even <laughs> you're not even be watching the theatrics. No. All right. Well, don't worry. I'll give you my updates and and, and let you know who I'm pissed about. If we don't take. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure um, I'll hear about it. Uh, real quick before we move on, I did want to bring up the Von Miller like thing. We don't have to talk a lot about it, but I just want to. I feel like we should just bring it up. So you can't really ignore something like this. Um, but like this past week, Von Miller, I guess, is facing some lawsuit for allegedly sending explicit photos. So I'm not. not I'm not really going to give like a take on it. I'm just going to kind of throw out the facts here, but. Um, I guess Von Miller and, and, and also, I don't know, uh, I don't know if the Bills knew about this maybe before he signed them or, or what the deal was. Cause I feel like the Bills are a pretty thorough organization where they would investigate like their players before they know. And like, if they, if it's really a big deal or not, I don't know. That's just my take on that. Um, but I guess Von Miller is facing a lawsuit in LA where a woman accuses him of distributing sexually explicit photos of her from May, 2020. Um, he allegedly sent two messages with the photos taken in the relationship uh, to two unnamed celebrities of the woman, and she is seeking monetary damages for for this. So, I mean, not great. Like, whether it's true or not, like I said, I don't, I'm not going to speculate here. But if you're being accused of that, that's just not something you want to you want to do in general, right? So, I mean, that, there's just that that I wanted to bring up. I feel like that just can't go unnoticed when you know, th- these things go on in the NFL and it's like, just cause he's on our team, I'm not going to look the other way on it. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you had anything to add, but something I just want to bring up and, and kind of, I guess, monitor, I hopefully it's, you know, not a, not a big deal. And, and it's not, you know, a terrible situation. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have anything to add. Not, not great to hear that, but yeah, hopefully, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, all right. So moving on from that, um, I guess we go into Sabres talk, right? Yeah. So Sabres talk, as I said, their uh, schedule's windling down here. Um, two more games left in the season. Currently sitting at 31 wins. So I think we talked about last episode about my over-under prediction. I put 30 wins. So they hit that over, which none of us would have expected. You you know, you were public on hitting the under on that. Um, 31 wins with two games to go, 73 points. Um, they're only – so of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So actually, cause you brought that up earlier. You said they're the best team of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Now that I'm and I said, I think I agree now that I'm looking at it. So you think they're better than the Islanders? Yes. Okay. And, and Columbus as well. Yeah. Okay, like so. if, like, I think if those, I mean, we just, we just smacked the Islanders. I think if those team, like if those teams were, if the season was going for another month or two months or whatever, and those teams faced off, Sabres would be favored. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, those are the two teams ahead of us right now. So, I just want to throw that out there. Other than that, Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey, Philly, and Montreal below us. I think we're all better than them. Uh, I mean, crazy Montreal goes to the cup last year, and they're just like the worst team in the league. But anyway, this past week, Sabres hockey, they, as I said, they win four in a row. Um, they obviously beat Philly back to back. I think we talked about that last week Then they beat New Jersey and then the Islanders, as you just said, and then they have Boston, Chicago to finish it out. Um, but yeah, just to rehash, I guess what I said at the beginning of the episode, this is a team that's kind of coming together and it's, it's going to be sad to see them go. Um, I think that it's there. It's finally one time as a Sabres fan where you can confidently be optimistic about the future and you're not just throwing a bunch of players on the ice, you know, trying to surround Eichel with 
crazy trades and getting stall and haul and, and just and no plan, right? It seems like there's a plan now. It seems like Donnie Meatballs and Donnie Granado had, you know, we talked about this, I feel like a million times, but <laughs> you just said Donnie Meatballs and Donnie Granado. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> They're two different people. Um, but I mean, I, like I said, I feel like we've talked about this a million times. This team is, is, is just sur- surpassed expectations. Um, Thompson scoring again the other night with a, an absolute snipe. So what else you got to add on this team as we finish out the season here? No, I just, yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said there. It's going to be tough to not have them in my life anymore for the, again, for the first time in a while. Usually it's, I can't wait for summer and, let's do something crazy in the off season. It's going to be the first off season where it's like, let's not do anything crazy yeah. except for maybe sign a couple free agents. Don't really need to make like anything. I, you know, we don't need to make any major like shakeup trades. You know, it's not like we're trading half of our forwards or just retooling the entire lineup. You're shaking your finger at me, but like, I think going into this off season, you sign a veteran goalie, you sign a maybe overpay for, um, a veteran defenseman, maybe get another scoring forward. Like those three, those three signings that I think you're kind of putting yourself in a position to be successful uh, this, this next season, assuming that all these other guys, you know, have a good off season, they progress, they get better um, and they come in ready to work and, you know, taking their game to the next level. Cause I think there's a lot of guys on this team um, outside of the guys that we talk about all the time, like Thompson and, and Skinner, you know, scoring 30 goals, but I'm looking at like the next level, like, Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs, I think those guys are going to come in next year and have monster seasons. So, well, Sammy GM's here. I think they should make a trade. And well, let me just say, I I, I don't, I'm not going to be opposed to making a trade, but I'm just saying they don't need to make like a, they don't need to make like five trades, including like half of their lineup. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. like I'm expecting a crazy offseason, but I I'm not opposed to a trade because there are guys that I think that they're running out of room with and they have to make some decisions. Yeah. And I'm not even necessarily saying trade guys. I mean, we have a ton of draft capital that mm-hmm. I know, like, I know, I know we talked about like, that's the way to do it to rebuild and, and draft a ton of guys, but you can still, we have so much that you can trade some of it and still draft a lot of guys. And so my buddy, I was, you know, I text my buddy in a group chat with him, my other buddy, hockey guys talk about hockey all the time. And he actually, he actually put, so he's actually the one that likes to chirp the bills and like see it under my skin a lot, but he also has come around to the Sabres and he likes what they're doing. likes their GM. So he gives me suggestions on what they, what he thinks they should do. And what, he what fan is he like, what is, what's he's a, fan? he's a Philly fan. He's a Philly fan. Okay. Um, but he, he, so he like, he likes to like, you know, speculate on guys to trade for or sign whatever. And he put me on to Kevin Fiala and he said, this is a guy the Sabres should trade for. And, I knew the name didn't really, you know, I don't watch him enough uh, to know like what his deal is, but I know he's a pretty solid player. Um, but the thing is, is after the past few weeks of him bringing him up and I've been watching him and um, first of all, he's nasty. He's nasty. And this is a guy I want to trade for. Like, and I think it could actually work because I don't think Minnesota can sign him. He's an RFA after this year and they have Kaprizov under contract at nine mil a year. They also have Matt Zuccarello, who's still under contract, six million a year. Uh, Eric Sinek, five point two million a year. They have a bunch of guys that are already signed, and if they want to re-sign a few other guys, um, I don't know if they're gonna have enough room to really bring him back because Fiala's probably gonna make a good amount of money this year or next year as a being an RFA. He has, I think, thirty-three goals now, 
He's had 20-plus goals in the past two seasons. He's 25 years old, so he would fit perfect into a Sabres lineup of young guys who are nasty. He can play left wing or right wing, which I think would be perfect for the Sabres, as I think we're pretty built down the middle. Um, so this is a guy that I would absolutely love for the Sabres to somehow go after. Send one of our first-round picks back to Minnesota. Send a first and a second. I think he's worth signing and tr- or trading and signing him for a long-term deal Seven to eight mil. I think he's worth that much, and we have the cap space. We can maybe overpay him slightly. Um, and like I said, he's literally 25, 26 years old. Like, I thought this guy was maybe 28, 29. Surprised as he's 25. I think this would be an unbelievable trade. I don't know even if it's close on the radar to Kevin Adams or if, if Minnesota is, you know, willing to trade him or what their deal is. I, I've obviously heard nothing, but since my friend talked to me about this, like, I think it would fit perfect, and I think he would fit perfectly in the lineup, too. He's a gritty guy, too. He's not just a pure scorer. He, he's, he's a gritty, and he can get in the corners, and he can, you know, mix it up a little bit, and I think he would fit perfectly in the top six of the Sabres. You bring up Paterka and Quinn. You say goodbye to a couple of our guys that maybe we like so far at the end of the year, but in the long term, they're not going to work out, and I think you have a really solid, solid group moving forward. So I like Fiala. That's the one guy on my radar in terms of, like, defenseman I don't know I haven't looked at that yet I, I know are you Kendrick trading for him there. assuming assuming you sign sign him like right away absolutely I think you do a sign uh, a trade and sign and you have to I think you have to lock him down long term and I think I think he's worth it like I think he's proven that he's a good player watch you package the game, had a nasty goal last night against Nashville like he, he's he's really good he's really good would you package say a second round pick in Olsen for him probably yeah i think they were maybe gonna want like i would give up i would give up a first round pick like I, if, I, if i could go with a first yeah i'm just i'm Olsen, just thinking I'm just but thinking, i would rather him than olsen 100 percent. i'm just thinking the wild are in a spot where olsen's also an rfa too so i don't know what his deal is gonna be right but i'm he also didn't score 33 goals so he's probably gonna you're probably gonna be able to sign him for a little bit less yeah. the thing is if I'm the wild, I think I need a player back in that trade because they're kind of in like when now. I, I just don't see them not re-signing this guy if he just scored 33 goals for your team. And like the you only, said. The only reason I'm saying that is it is the cap in, in hockey is a lot more – I can understand a lot more than football, like um, just straight up. And I think they don't have enough – like I – I know there's teams out there, right, that they're in win now, but at some point, like, you just don't have enough room for these guys. Yeah, I just, I just want to see, like, what other guys are they going to sign besides him, though. You know, I, I, think you, I think you move on from other guys besides him if you have to make decisions. Like, he's, he's one of their best players. I, I mean – I know. The I, problem is they don't have everybody else. Like, I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now. Like, everybody else, like, is still on their deal. They don't have, like, UFAs or anything that they can just – Okay. Run. Well, I, I would be all, all for that trade. I love I love Kevin Fiala. I think you made a lot of good points, especially with his age. Kind of fits in that like tuck, tuck age bracket. Yeah, um, they're, real quick, like they're only UFA. They have like four. They have three UFAs, two RFAs, but they all make a million dollars or less. So it's like that's not going to do anything for you, right? Especially when Fiala is putting up thirty three tucks. Like he's going to want his money, and you can overpay for him a little bit as a Sabres guy. I I, yeah. I, I just fell in love with the the idea of it over the past couple of weeks, so I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I don't know if I would trade the eighth pick for him, but I would – I mean, whatever our, our pick is, but maybe if you can weasel out the Vegas pick or the Florida pick. Like, I would trade the Florida pick for him in a heartbeat because that's going to be yeah. late. But yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, I think the cool thing is about this offseason is that we do have those three draft picks, and it'll be interesting to see if we use them or, or trade them. Right now, I was looking at mock drafts, and we're right now slated to pick 
before the lottery, right? If, if everything falls into place as teams finished, um, ninth, Wait, what 16th. is the lottery? What, what, what picks are the lottery? The lottery are picks one through 16. So every team that didn't make the playoffs gets put in the lottery. So what, okay. So what happens if Vegas doesn't make the playoffs? They get right. put in the lottery mm-hmm. and then they get drawn as like a, like do, do teams that were worse get better odds? Yeah, so if you finish dead last, you have the best odds to win the lottery. Okay, you have like more ping pong balls in the thing or whatever. Exactly. Okay, so Vegas. So Vegas, Vegas would have the worst uh, odds. In a Vegas, though, for whatever miracle reason, got like the fifth pick. Like we, that was protected, right? We wouldn't get it then. Yeah, I don't think. Again, I, I think it's changed, but I'm pretty sure in the lottery you can only if you can only go into the top three, if that makes sense. Like the top three, I think, are the lottery picks. So, like you, you go through the lottery. The team, one team gets selected to pick first. One team gets selected to pick second, and I think one team gets selected to pick third. And then every other team just falls into place after that. If that makes sense, I don't. I don't think so. Last I'm year, pretty, I, was wa- I was watching the draft show last year, and, and they did it all the way from like sixteen to one. They like were like revealing. Yeah, it. well, then they reveal it that way. But, like, it's set before the lot. You don't get, get what I'm saying? Like, they draft the ping pong balls, and then they reveal it in that, in that show where it's like, okay, the 16th yeah, yeah, pick yeah. is but, but, this but what, but what do you mean it's set one, two, three? Like, so you're saying Vegas has – if Vegas – Vegas would be the 16th pick regardless because that's where they finished? Or do they have a chance to be the 12th or the 13th? So I think they could move up to, like – so I think, I think Vegas can either only be 16 or a top three. Oh, so the lottery is the top three, and then everything else falls on the pace based on where you finished. Exactly. Like, like when they draw the when they do the lottery, not the reveal show. They're just lottering off the top. I think it's top three. I could be wrong. It could only oh, be. Oh, okay. It's a set amount up top. So we I don't should like, figure Vegas, out how that works because that's like a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. So <laughs> if Vegas did win the lottery, then you're right. Like we wouldn't get that pick anymore. Okay, but I was so, looking, they have like a 0.5% chance to get the first pick. Okay, because I was going to say, I, I, I was under the impression that like, all right, so, you know, these six teams didn't make the playoffs. The worst team in the league has the, like, they put everybody in a, you know, in a thing and they go from 16 to one. But like, if you finish, if you're where Vegas was, they only have one ping pong ball. Like Montreal has like 16 or whatever. And I thought it goes that way. And I was going to say, I thought that would be hilarious if Vegas got the 11th pick. Because then, yeah, I don't think, then I don't it's think. not it's not protected. Obviously, we would still get it. It would be the first. It would be the best possible pick that we could get. But then that, right. that yeah, um, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess if if you're right, that makes more sense. But all right, well, I guess we'll be in. So are we we have a chance at the one, two, or three then again with with uh, just our pick. Yeah, we do. We we def, we have a I think like a nine percent chance at the first pick. I I was looking at at, at nine. So I, I don't know how it because it used to work when like the Sabers were the worst team when they ended up getting Eichel is like they could only get the first or second pick and they ended yeah. up losing the lottery. I don't. It's changed. I don't know the whole. Yeah, math because I think because I think Detroit was by far the worst team in the year league last year, but they still got like the fifth pick. Exactly. Something. So it definitely changed. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, we just got to make sure that Vegas doesn't win the lottery so that we keep the pick. Because I'm sorry, but I just don't think they're going to be as bad next year. If they are, then that'd be hilarious. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, well, I guess speaking of Vegas, we can just talk about them real quick. Eichel, you're not that guy, pal. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't know if you – I don't think you did watch the game the other night, two nights ago, as people are listening to this, because I think you and Dad were sleeping. I was texting you guys. Um, but I this, watched the highlights after you texted me. Yeah, but this team, man, and, and – and again, I've said this before, I think Ethan's more so like, you know, I, I want them to be bad so we have a better draft pick. I'm like more in the boat openly, publicly that I just want them to be bad despite Eichel and whatever draft pick we get, we get. I don't, I've been, that hasn't been on my mind. I just like seeing Eichel lose. And, and on top of that, it's not even just Eichel. It, it's Vegas being an expansion team, making the playoffs every year, going to the Stanley Cup final their first year in the league. The, these fans man like like what do they do to deserve that right like they haven't gone through anything like they have to have a little bit of karma coming for them that they're they're trading guys left and right right there it seems like there's no loyalty over there it's like they had some hockey karma coming for them so just not even the eichel thing just vegas out west like so lucky and so you know fortunate of the the start to their careers that they've had as a team um and and this team is is choking and they're choke artists and I get that they've had injuries throughout the season, but if you, I guarantee you, if you ask any Vegas fan, there's no way you can make that as an excuse with the roster they still have had over the whole year. They still have a top player, like a top team in the league, Petrangelo, Martinez, Shea Theodore. Um, I mean, Eichel obviously comes back, but you have Marcia So, Carlson, like all of these guys, you know, regardless of Mark Stone being injured for most of the year, he's back now, by the way, he hasn't scored a point since he's been back. There's no reason this team shouldn't make playoffs. And it's so funny watching them just absolutely pummel and collapse as soon as Eichel comes over. I think he has zero points in his last four games, only one point in his last five. Um, And it's just incredible. The game against the Sharks on Sunday night, I'm watching it. They're down four to two. The Sharks are down four to two with under two minutes left. The Sharks pull the goalie. They score to make it four three. All right. You know, game's probably still over. There's a minute left or so. They pull the goalie again. 0.9 0.9 seconds left on the clock, and Timo, Timo, Mier, Meyer, Timo Meyer scores a 0.9 seconds left on the clock. Eichel's right there in the slot, hands on his hips, just absolutely flabbergasted. The game goes to overtime. Vegas gets a power play in overtime, can't score. And what you know, it goes to a shootout, and Sharks win it. It was the most hilarious thing I've seen in a while. And just like I said at the beginning of this episode, talking about NHL playoffs, like, it's just so awesome watching these these games and watching hockey and watching them, uh, especially when it goes the way you're rooting for. But there's no better time than the playoffs, and these playoffs are going to be insane. But just watching them collapse like this has been one of the best things that's happened this year. And if, if they miss playoffs, man, I mean, it, it would be funny. I mean, Eichel still can't make the playoffs when he goes to Vegas and, you know, he leaves Buffalo and it's everybody's fault except for his. And then he goes to Vegas and guess what? They still can't make the playoffs after making it for their four years. It'll be the first time they've never made playoffs and it's with Eichel on the team. So that's my rant on that. I will never give it up, but it was, it was very, very funny to watch them score with 0.9 seconds left and then win the game against Vegas in a shootout. Yeah. I will thoroughly enjoy watching Vegas locker clean out day and seeing how Eichel reacts because it is going to be all time. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. And I, I don't want to hear the whole injury injury thing. That team is still good enough with, like, half those guys out to be making the playoffs in the West. The West is not that Absolutely. good this year. Like, you watch Dallas play, and I think you were texting us about this too, is, like, Dallas looks terrible. I think the Sabres could destroy Dallas. I know. It's, uh, it sucks, too, because they got to beat Vegas on Tuesday. 
on tonight. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a great like must watch TV game. Yeah. So, uh, I did look up to confirm the how the lottery works, and I was right. So basically, all each sixteen teams that didn't make the playoffs are listed in inverse order. So the worst team has the best selections, and they're like basically what you're saying. They each have a bunch of pick ping pong balls in a thing. Um, and there's three drawings. The first drawing determines the number one pick. The, the second one determines the number two pick. And then the third drawing determines the number three pick. The remaining teams will then receive picks four through 16 based on inverse order of the standings. Um, so no team can move back more than three spots. Okay. So if the Sabres, if the Sabres get pick nine, the lowest they could potentially draft is 12. If, three teams before them end up winning the lottery, which would be incredible. But Okay, so then if three teams behind us win the lottery, which, like, that's not going to happen, but then we would stay at – We'd stay at nah. – or, no, like – no, no. So so if – Oh, if no, then we would te- move back. Then we'd move back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if teams 10 th- – if three of the teams of 10 through 16 won the lottery, then we'd move back all the way to 12. But if three teams above us win it, then we'd stay, stay at nine because those teams were going to be ahead of us regardless. Right. Okay. So we just can't have Vegas win the first pick, second pick, or third pick. They'll stay at 16, and we'll get that pick. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that, I guess. Um, and then we'll also be rooting for – I know you don't care about draft picks, but Florida – Florida, I think, is prime, prime for – because we have that first pick, their first-round pick. I they're think They're prime, prime for a for, playoff collapse. Yeah, I think they're prime for an upset in that first round. It looks like they're going to be matched up against uh, Boston either or Washington. Or, no, I was, I was, it was going to either be Washington or, or Pittsburgh. It looks well, I'm like. looking, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, cause, cause, cause they're going to get the second wildcard team, right? Cause they're the best team in the East. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be Washington or Pittsburgh. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I think Washington, Washington's kind of been on a heater and Pittsburgh's kind of like been just kind of floating around. I could see Washington moving up to the third seed in the Metro and then bumping Pittsburgh down to the wildcard. So Washington would, right now is one point behind Pittsburgh with a game in hand. Right. But I like either of those teams to kind of take on Florida. Both of them are veteran teams, you know, been around the block a little bit. Florida, I think Florida's going to have to just beat you by outscoring you every game. Like their, their defense is still, it's weird. Cause like you look at their decor and like, no, nobody really sticks out as a bad defenseman. Like they have some good players. Like, well, I really the, pro- like the problem is ekblad has been hurt. He's been having a real season. Yeah, but I also really like that that Uyghur guy and uh, Ratko Gudis. I mean, Ma- yeah, Montour. Montour sucks. Yeah, he's playing good for them. He had the OT winner the other night. But he's a classic. Yeah, like that's Montour is a classic like defensive liability guy, but will score. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Gudis is a lockdown D man. He's just a goon. Oh, I like Gudis. I think he's <laughs> like if Sabres had Gudis, I'd be pumped. Really? Yeah, I like Goose. Just a goon. Um, but okay. Also, looking at this playoff picture. Oh well. Also, with Florida, if you want to keep on that real quick, their goaltending can be. I know Spencer Knight is pretty good. Bobrovsky can be sketchy. The thing yeah. is with Bobrovsky though is that which scares me a little bit about Florida is he's very sketchy during the regular season. I think playoff Bob kind of hits different because if you remember his last playoff run was in Columbus when they swept. Uh, the lightning like out of nowhere mm-hmm. in the first round and he was unbelievable so maybe he flips a switch for them I don't know um, the other matchup I'm looking at it's looking like it's going to be which I absolutely love 
Toronto, Tampa in the first round. I did not want Toronto to have to play Boston because I want Toronto to lose in the first round again because that'd be hilarious and I hate and I hate Toronto. I don't want them to play Boston though because I hate both those teams. I don't necessarily like Tampa, but I don't really like mind them. So if they play in the first round, I would love to see Tampa win that and just. Yep. I mean, I mean Toronto needs to lose in the first round again. Like it just needs yeah. to happen. Like we want. I want to win especially, a playoff series, especially if, <laughs> especially if, uh, if Matthews wins the heart. Like he goes, yeah. wins the heart and then loses in the first round again. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Or like everybody's saying he's the greatest leaf of all time already when it's like, you can't really have that if you've never won a playoff series yet. Right. Um, and then I guess in the Metro, you got Carolina, New Jersey or uh, New York, who I also think might be a little bit of a pretender. I don't know who both Carolina and the Rangers. Honestly, I, I don't know. I'm, I would be more scared to play the Rangers in Carolina. Yeah. Just because of their goaltending. I- yeah, I just think Carolina they're kind of like the Panthers to me. I don't know. They I feel like they they kind of had their shot maybe a year or two ago and I just don't I don't know. I just they don't really they wouldn't scare me. Like again, if they get matched up, it looks like they're going to get matched up with Boston right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bruins would be favored in that series. No. No. I don't think Boston's been I'm, playing that well. Oh, well, I'm going to put some money on the Bruins then if they're underdogs in that series. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh you know what we should do is once the playoff matches are all set let's each let's like on our next episode whatever episode that is let's pick like each series winner what we think and we'll do that throughout the playoffs i think that'd be fun okay um all right well i think that wraps that up um was there something else that we were going to talk about no i think i mean we can talk about the i don't know any really anything about the western conference to be honest you can talk about that next episode maybe for the nhl playoffs but if you had to pick, I'll ask, I'll ask you this: If you had to pick one team that you're like rooting for to win the cup, mm-hmm. who would you pick? Because I have my team. Um, Minnesota. Same. Yeah. What was your? Because of Fiala. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an added bonus. No, because I mean I, I don't know they're hockey hockey city like. It's hard to hate them, right? Like if you look, if yeah. you run down all these, like I don't really want anybody in the East. Like I obviously don't. I don't want Florida or Tampa. I don't. I obviously don't want Toronto. I don't want the Rangers. I wouldn't mind Pittsburgh, but like they've all also won it like back to back long ago. I just Pittsburgh, have friends. No, I just have friends there, so I wouldn't like mind it. And I, you know, I, I like Pittsburgh. Um, don't want Boston. Don't really want Washington. I guess I wouldn't care as much. Don't really want Carolina. I wouldn't mind Carolina, but I also don't want them because it's like Brenda Moore and, and those guys. Um, and then if you go to the West, like, I don't know. I don't really want like a Canadian team, like Calgary or Edmonton or the King. Like, I don't want the Kings. I don't want an LA team. Like Minnesota is just like, like, I don't have anything against Minnesota. They're a good, like hockey city that they haven't won in a while. Right. It's like a, they're like the blues of a few years ago. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Nashville. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Nashville either, but they're also not like a hockey city. Like, I feel there, like they've, I feel like they've come around. Like that team, come around, but I feel like yeah. the, the Minnesota fans maybe deserve a little bit more than Nashville. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm also, I'm also getting married there this year. So yeah, maybe that's like a little juju. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, all right. Well, I think that kind of rounds out this episode. Um, draft talk, a little, uh, little hockey talk, Sabres talk, and a little playoffs talk. So a good little episode here. Um, We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening in. Go Bills, go Sabres as always, and we will talk to you next time. Peace.